Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Life of Brian, dot, 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 Mannix that is, and Mannix this is, right there, right here, right now. Right here, right there, right now, that's a song by um, that right band. Right. Uh, Jesus Jones. Yeah, they're a good right band here, actually. Right now, that's a good song. Yeah, I've got one of their albums and it's really cool actually. I haven't was, heard that song on the radio for a long, long time. They're way ahead of their time. Um, I was listening to, my son was writing a Kasabian and I said, this sounds like Jesus Jones. And then I played him Jesus Jones again. Wow, yeah. this is pretty cool, Dad. Yeah, yeah no, they were good, Jesus Jones. And he, yeah. had that, and he literally had that one album and then disappeared. Pretty- well, they had about five albums, but I think that was the one that really got big here. Yeah, yeah, it was a big song in the 90s. Now, uh, now let's talk about what's on this program before we talk about our very good friends at Murcott's. Hank Williams. No, no, no. Hank Williams, this is fantastic. <laughs> no, Barry White. Um, <laughs> what? Barry well, White. Well, when when I Googled. Barry White and Hank Williams, <laughs> fantastic. We're, this is great. We're miracle workers. Welcome to Doris Stokes and uh, Jim Randy. We're back. Um, well, have, you seen, have you seen Jim Biden, uh, Joe Biden lately? <laughs> oh, goodness me. He's been talking to the dead French Prime Minister from, <laughs> since 1996 and he spoke to somebody else that was dead. Oh, he's going great guns. Yep, yep. Uh, when Joe when Joe makes it to our death on our other podcast, Rock and Roll, it will be an interesting. We'll have to check fourteen times as to whether he's actually in there or not. I'm um, surprised he hasn't already been in the death <laughs> fifteen times. Now on this program, not Hank Williams, not Barry White, Barry Williams. Sort oh, of. Oh, that saves a bit of time. We've got yeah. Barry and Williams yeah. all in one go. We got them all. Barry Williams, Greg Brady from uh, the Brady Bunch, uh, uh, actor, singer, songwriter, uh, musical performer, uh, podcaster, uh, television personality. He's, he's, he does it all. This man, all he's really good. Good guy. And um, to interview him, had to be up at six in the morning. It was early. Mm, I slept in till seven, didn't, so didn't, didn't get quite, to speak to. Yeah, didn't, didn't quite, quite make, make it. it. Uh, but we talked about. Yeah. Look, I, I talked to him about a whole lot of stuff. Uh, we talk about the podcast he does these days with Christopher Knight, uh, who was, of course, another member of the Brady family. Um, singing with the Brady Bunch, his singing career. We'll play a little bit of one of his songs too. Um, he he just did Dancing with the Stars in America. Oh yeah, where would he go? He go right. He, he, I think he made the final seven or eight. Um, and uh, but his knees, his knees were, were not in good shape at the end of it. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about uh, uh, the fact. I did ask him uh, in the interview, and you'll hear whether he actually at any stage contemplated killing Greg Brady off because it was you know ruining his mm. career. So we talk about that, and we also talk about one of your favourite. Uh, things about uh, Greg Brady and about another person who's been on this podcast when when Barry Williams and Danny Bonaducci had a fighting match. All right, We yeah. talk about that too. So. Does he talk about Johnny Bravo? Yes, we do. We talk about that whole concept of Johnny <laughs> Bravo. That, that song? Clowns never laughed before. Da, 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 da. God, it's a beauty, actually, in case he's listening. It's a great song, Barry. And uh, we'll play a little bit of a song that he does. He's got a, a band that he uh, tours with called The Travelies, which is himself, his wife, and a, a guitar player and singer. Uh, and uh, they're, they're bloody good. So we'll play a little song uh, at the end of the interview uh, after we talk to Barry. And our flashback guest, oh, you'll love this one, Brian. I do. John Lydon. 
Johnny Rotten. What a perfect combination. You've got Greg Brady and a Sex Pistol on the same show. A Brady Bunch and a Sex Pistol. Uh, well, originally we spoke to John Beckett Series 2, Episode Number 1, and we teamed him up with Miss Helena from, um, yeah. <laughs> from Romper Room. So. Actually, I saw Miss Helena at Craig Bennett's house the other week. Oh, really? And, yeah, I got into it because remember how they told, she told us about everybody sticking and vodka in her cup on a Friday and trying to get her piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I remember that and quickly brought that up. But, um, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Johnny Rotten and Miss Alina and then we had Alice Cooper and Jamie Redfern That's on the right. same show. So that was good value too. too. But John Lydon, uh, we, we uh, caught up with him uh, back in uh, in 2021, uh, January 2021. Uh, he was still at that stage caring for his wife, Nora, who has since passed away. She passed away in April of last year. And we also, uh, it's not in the interview uh, that you'll hear, but we also talked to him about his manager who set the whole thing up for us, um, uh, a man called Rambo, John Stevens, uh, who also unfortunately passed away. Uh, so John lost his, his partner of many, many years and wife of many, many years and his best friend um, in uh, in John Stevens. So, um, But yeah. this is, it's a fun uh, go back into into the little 10 minutes of, uh, of our little uh, venture into John Lydon's house. It was it was terrific. It was a beauty. He's so funny. Oh. I did. I really didn't expect him to be funny. I thought he might just turn on us and start swearing at us. But he was great. Oh, well, actually, as you'll hear in the interview, I thought it was going to turn nasty at the start because his people had told him that they, we wouldn't be able to see him. Um, that, oh. that there were no cameras. So he was he was in the under the impression that we couldn't see him. And when he goes. Can you see me? <laughs> no, I'm thinking, oh, no, this will be the end. You'll just hang up and that'll be the end of it. But he was actually terrific. So, he was um, great. You'll enjoy it. So we'll get to John Lydon shortly. But, oh, before all that, thanks once again to our very good friends at Murcott's. Brian? Driving excellence. And um, you can never be too good a driver. It's like you can never be too rich. You can never be too thin. <laughs> well, you, you can actually be too thin, but you can never be too good of a driver. And you probably could be better. So I would say get on the phone right now to Murcotts, get your uh, driving topped up with a bit more skill by dialing 1300 555 576. I'm going to say it again, Kev. 1300, write this down. I'm going to get a pen and paper. Tell your mum and dad you go on to the lessons, okay? <laughs> Write the number down, one three hundred triple five five seven six, Or you can go to their website, mercots.edu.au, where all the offers and all the programs are all outlined for you and you can see exactly uh, what they do. And what they do, they do brilliantly and will make you a better driver and will make your driving experience a hell of a lot safer for you and for us. Thank you. Yeah. Please do it. Please go and do it. Now let's get to Barry Williams, uh, Greg Brady, of course. Uh, let's let's jump right into that here on The Life of Brian. Here's a story. <laughs> Hello, Barry. Yes, here we are. Hello, how are you? Never better. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear for a man turning 70 this year. Ah, that I am. <laughs> that I am. It's okay. Finally. <laughs> I waited a long time for this. <laughs> Now, is it just going to be uh, well, the two of us? I'm hoping that uh, my co-host Brian will jump in. He's on a different. He's in a different state in a different time zone. So, I'm hoping uh, that uh, that he will be uh, recording in progress. He'll be he'll be joining us shortly. But it's it's fabulous to see you, and uh, obviously, Dancing with the Stars. You've had a you had a terrific 2023. I did have a great 2023, and I love doing Dancing with the Stars. That was a a really a, a great experience. Demanding. Uh, challenging and very, very uh, rewarding, like like catching a good wave and uh, getting tubed. 
how um how did the body hold up through the the rigors of that because it is a very physically demanding show well no kidding um <laughs> especially when you figure that the the uh, young lady who won the competition is uh 52 years younger than I. <laughs> uh, I actually, I did all right because I, 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 you know, I did my best to get in shape, but the, uh, the knees, the, the knees just wouldn't cooperate. They, uh, they, they felt that I was punishing them, I guess, and it'll be a bit before uh, they're back to, uh, uh, back to normal. Was it a, a different kind of uh, experience for you in terms of uh, the notoriety you got out of doing, out of doing that show? Oh man, that that Dancing with the Stars is a promotional machine. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, not only is it covered by uh, you know every major you know uh, uh, network, uh, it, all the all the fan fan uh, uh, TV shows, the extras and Entertainment Tonight's and uh, in uh, you know inside Hollywood, inside you know they they're, they're all there, and you meet with them after each episode of the of the show. So. Uh, yeah, it uh, was. Uh, uh, people are starting to call me Barry now, <laughs> or as my dance partner Peta, uh, she uh, uh, she calls me Baza or Baz, oh, the okay. Baz. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you finished. You finished with a, a, a an unexpected uh, finish for your finale, I guess. A, a chest bearing salsa routine to, uh, to to finish off the uh, the competition yeah well whatever we sort of just made something up uh, I was up against uh, Jason Mraz who had been doing pretty well and I knew that he uh, understood the salsa better than I and um, so uh, Peter and I kind of combined our put our thinking caps on and said look let's just make this as spectacular as we, and shocking and surprising as we can and have fun with it and we did and we uh, well, we kicked, we kicked it, you know, nailed it, and, and won that competition. Yeah, just before I was dismissed. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a cruel, a cruel kind of way the competition ends. I mean, you're not a loser as such, but you 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 don't get to be the winner. Yeah, right. That's for sure. Um, yeah, they don't even call it. They call it the. Uh, uh, it's they don't call it the elimination. They call it the. Uh, it's, it's something else. That, yeah, that doesn't go there. It's a, truly, we all bond. Uh, well, I know you've got your your own version there, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, which is great. And yeah, and we all bond. We're all you know cheering each other's cheering each other on, and no one wants to you know someone to get kicked off, and then somebody gets kicked off because that's the nature of the show. But uh, it was great, yep. great fun. It was it was part of what was a, a big twenty twenty three for you, um, making your your debut at the Grand Ole Opry. Tell tell me about that because that is one of those things that I know singers. Uh, have dreamed about and 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 you got to do it in uh, what was it, August of last year. Yeah, just before I I headed to uh, Los Angeles to do dancing. Yeah, uh, with the stars, uh, Grand Ole Opry. I mean, what can you say? Uh, it's uh, it, it's it's the history of country music. It's uh, Nashville is still the center of um, of that. I was invited to come in and um, and bring my guitar and and, and uh, sit in with the band, which is like amazing. Uh, uh, as musicians and um, got to do a couple of songs with them. They, it's a funny, they have a thing called um, my grand old Opry debut. And uh, so they kind of followed me in from the parking lot, you know, and, and being meet, uh, greeted and then uh, in my dressing room and backstage and the rehearsal. And then a little bit of the song it's on YouTube. If you ever want to you yeah. know, go there and have a look, look for it. Um, and that was a, a really good experience. Uh, I, of course, only went to meet Carrie Underwood, 
made sure that she was going to be on the bill with me. So that worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your, your musical, the musical side of, of you is, is pretty much been what you've been, what you've done post Brady's more than anything else. Well, th- between musical theater, which I've done uh, uh, probably more shows than Hugh Jackman. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so that, and then I had, uh, I had a band, the, uh, uh, uh Barry Williams and the Travelers, which was a, a, a three-piece band, and we have, we have a lot of fun with that. And then I live in in, in the states, in the middle of America, uh, is a in in Missouri. Uh, there's a little uh, resort town called Branson, Branson, Missouri. If you're ever coming over to visit the states, it put it on your list. It's a, it's a surprising little gold mine. Um, uh, uh, here in the Ozark Mountains, and um, it's a very, uh, very deep, uh, very deep uh, uh, pocket of uh, musicians and shows. And I brought a show called uh, uh, '70s Music Celebration." All the all the music of the '70s, uh, the songs that a lot of people grew up with, we're still listening to, and you know the stuff you can sing along with. Yep. And I put a band together for that, and it was multimedia and interactive with the audience. Um, I, I did a Brady song from, uh, from uh, our show, the sunshine day, sunshine day, everybody smile. And, uh, I teach everybody how to do the the dance. <laughs> I had a great all time right, with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, you, you did, uh, in the early days of the Brady's like back in about, well, let's go back to 1971, which is a long time ago for both of us. Yeah. Um, Same year Elton John came out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did a, a single, was it called uh, sweet, sweetheart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Written uh, by uh, by uh, Carol King, and uh, uh, I had a record deal, and I did about three or four songs, and then the, it never got really released uh, because they wanted to do uh, they, they, you know how these corporate things work. They said, no, 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 no. We're gonna we we, we don't want to do push Barry out as a solo artist. We're gonna make it the Brady Bunch Kids. And uh, I uh, reluctantly agreed, not my best career move. And then we ended up doing like four or five albums, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did you, did, do, is it right that uh, in terms of the timeline that you did some Brady singing first and then went and had singing lessons or had you had singing lessons before you did the Brady stuff? It, it kind of all happened at the same time. When you grow up uh, as, a, as a kid in show business, uh, a lot of responsibility falls to, you know, like, the guardian or mother in my case. Um, and my mom was never a, like a stage mom, yep. but she was willing to take me, you know, around for the interviews and the pictures and all that. And I've kind of felt that she was overloaded to now add singing lessons as well. So at 15 and a half, um, and here in the, here in the States, you can get a, a learner's permit and ride a motorcycle on the freeway. <laughs> oh, good idea. <laughs> yeah. And so I drove from uh, my, our home, uh, which was in the suburbs, about 25 miles away, on the freeways to Hollywood, and uh, and uh, twice a week, and and uh, studied voice with a wonderful teacher, Joan Zajac is her name, and Gary Fisher, and um, and kind of understood how it all worked and and how to use your diaphragm and relax your throat and, and not you know and all that stuff. And um, I'm really glad that I did it because. Yeah. Uh, when I started in a musical theater and you're doing eight shows a week, whether you like it or not, and you're traveling around and you're, and you're exhausted, 
you want a, an instrument that you can rely on. And uh, I was fortunate. I'd, I'd finish a six, seven, eight month tour and come back. And my voice was stronger than when I left. So I was really grateful to have the technique. Yeah. Let's go back to the, uh, the you've got a, a podcast that you do with uh, with Christopher Knight now uh, about uh, the episodes of the of the Brady Bunch. How did, how did that kind of start? Was that just an idea that you and Chris floated one day and went, oh, okay, well, let's do it? Well, it's, it's called The Real Brady Bros. Bros, yes. Real Brady Bros. And you can listen to it on any podcast. And it's, it is a kind of a specialized podcast genre. Uh, and Chris Knight had called me. He said, Barry, I'm thinking about doing this podcast that's, that, that recaps episodes. You know, we go and you just take an episode and then you break it down. And, and uh, I don't want to do that alone. And you wrote the book. Uh, growing up, Brady, and so do you have any interest in doing that? And they apparently there's there was a market, you know, for that for to find out what was going on behind the scenes, especially with classic television, etc. And I thought ours was a good, you know, was a good subject for that. So it developed uh, into uh, we didn't even have a name for it at the time, but we 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 get together. Uh, we live in uh, in different places. He's in California. I'm in Missouri. So we watch an episode, agreed upon episode. We take notes on it. We exchange the notes. And so we're kind of up to speed. And then we share our experiences and our perspective, uh, how things have changed. We break down, um, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, I, we all had crushes on one another, yeah. you know, the, uh, the boys and the girls. And so we talk about what was happening then, the hairstyles and the clothes and comment on it. And it's been really fun. And, and it's uh, it's picked up a lot of traction. And we've done, I think, 82 of the 117 episodes. And for people that are, you know, interested in, in uh, classic television, Brady Bunch, and, you know, want to know what, uh, at least from our perspective, what that what it was. It's a pretty good listen, I think. Yeah. The one thing I'm very interesting is that we have completely different memories about much of it. He's three years younger than I. I had a very, you know, so, uh, I was 14 when we started, and he was 11. And so uh, we have, you know, kind of different memories of things, and so we kind of mix that up, and then we sort it out by watching the show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and like everything to do with the Brady Bunch, there's more episodes of that than there are of the Brady Bunch because the surprising thing is you just said 117 episodes of the of the series. Are you still amazed and surprised and, and delighted uh, of the life that that show has, has continued to have year after year after year? I am. I, 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 maybe I'm, you know, I'm beyond the surprise because, you know, we've had – the Brady Bunch, and we've had a cartoon show, and we had a variety show, and then all this, some specials, the Brady Girls Got Married, then there was a series called The Brady Brides, and then we did a very Brady Christmas, and then in the 80s, there was The Bradys, and then in the 90s, there were books and movies and plays, and then in the 2000s, I produced uh, Growing Up Brady into a two-hour movie. So the HGTV did a, did a series for a uh, of remodeling the Brady Bunch house. So, uh, there's been a lot of Brady's over the, the 50, 53, 54 years. <laughs> yeah. When, when it was axed uh, at the end of the, uh, the fifth season, well, what did you think, realistically, what did you think was going to happen to Barry Williams then? Well, I had always thought I'd go into a movie career, you know, like uh, – 
you know, I, I thought I'd do kind of probably action adventure. I was always very athletic. That's the genre of movies that I really like. Sort of, it could be like a, a Tom Cruise-ish or Leonardo, uh, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I thought would happen. Little did I know that, um, you know, after a series, especially a light, you know, comedy sitcom type of series like that, the business pretty much wants to throw you away for a few years. And so I started just expanding and, and you know, breaking out and, and going in different directions. I went to New York, Broadway, and that's where my musical theater career started. It kept me very busy. I continued to do television, done a couple of movies, but uh, it just, it kind of took, you know, a, a career takes its own, it takes its own path. So that's what I thought. And, and then it be, you know, Life is what happens when you're making other plans, <laughs> but no regrets, no regrets. I've had a very uh, satisfying, rewarding career and, you know, 69 years old to jump on the dance floor um, and uh, get, get, you know, get eight, eight through eight, uh, eight weeks on that, on that show. I was I'm pretty proud of that and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I think some good things come from it. Absolutely, uh, you did the Masked Singer, uh, both as an individual and as a, and as a threesome with uh, with the two other Brady brothers. Yeah, well, the Masked Singer. I think that probably led to Dancing with the Stars. Uh, but we did. Uh, uh, we were eliminated right off the bat. I was doing it with Christopher Knight, Peter, and Michael Lookingland, Bobby, and the three of us. We played mummies, and uh, so we we got one song. And uh, that was it for us. But uh, I made some good contacts there, and that turned into Dancing with the Stars. And we'll see. I, you know, I've got my sights set on what I, you know, I've always been a, a surfer. Uh, do you remember the episode of the Brady Bunch where we went to Hawaii and there was yes. the bad luck tiki? Yep. Yeah, that was this. All right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and um, so I, I was just thinking it would be fun to have a, you know, a, a show that involved a lot of surfing. I'll, I'll, I'll invite the Hemsworth and we'll, oh, we'll yeah. have a good time. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you've got to have a Hemsworth if you're going to do anything in, in Australia. Yeah, the, the, the feedback that you must have received over the years from your fans in Australia must have been uh, pretty overwhelming too because, I mean, the show was and still is uh, enormous here. I've been three times. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to get back again. Uh, we've always had a lot of support from uh, – from you and uh, your compatriots, we uh, I, 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 I've always gotten a good vibe and a lot of support, and I've toured there in um, Australia as well. So um, look forward to coming back. Was there ever a time uh, during your your career post Brady's that that you you sat down with your management or with your with your people and wanted to kill Greg Brady off because it was stopping you from doing things that you wanted to do? Was there ever a time that that conversation was had? Well, the, there's a time you want to move on. I mean, that's, you know, as, as simple as that, as, especially when, when certainly uh, I didn't have a I, I didn't have an exact plan for doing that other than diversifying, uh, you know, stage. Uh, I've been doing television since well before the Brady Bunch. And then and then I moved into, you know, Broadway shows and on to Broadway. And that was uh, helpful. Music was uh, expanding the variety show, I think help that. So it was really more a question of diversifying than it was trying to chart a course because, you know, people are going to accept you in certain roles or they're not. And uh, so I kind of followed uh, followed that path. But I've done a lot of things. You know, I've, I've been a writer. I've, I've been a producer. I've been I've done movies, television, Broadway. And I, I was a DJ. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had in front of my face on Sirius XM for a long time. So 
that's you know it's been it's been really really great very very rewarding and satisfying and i've never gotten uh gotten bored that's for sure yeah is there something that you that you've always wanted to do that you you haven't had the chance to do yet that you'll you'll knock over in your 70th year well i'd, I'd love to work with taylor sheridan <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Uh, so it's more not it's not about the medium because I, 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 I there are no mediums that I've wanted to to uh, participate in that I haven't uh, to very with varying degrees of success. But there are probably people that I would like uh, like to work with uh, in know. an acting way or in a in a singing way because uh, singing is so much a part of what you do. In, in acting in an acting way, I think. Yeah. I've been able I've been able to sing with uh, you know some wonderful groups just you know sitting in with them uh, everyone from you know uh, Smash Mouth to uh, Wayne Newton. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's a that's a broad spectrum. The album uh, "The Return of uh, Johnny Bravo." Uh, what what are your memories of that back in the early nineties? Well, this is what kind of led to my stage show in in Branson, uh, the seventies uh. music celebration. I was approached to do to do the Return of Johnny Bravo, and and it was uh, kind of a you know a fond uh, a retrospective of uh, basically a collection of my favorite songs from the seventies. Uh, they were uh, uh, you know remakes, uh, so I wasn't trying to break any ground there, but have fun with them, and and I. You know, I took them out, put them in a show, and um, and then eventually turned it into the '70s music celebration here in Branson, where uh, where I live. Is Johnny Bravo that that uh, Brady's episode one of your favorite episodes of the Brady's? It's a fun episode, and in some ways, it mirrors life. Uh, same same way that the record companies came to me and wanted to record me as a solo artist, and then they decided, oh, you know, um, we want to, you know, record you as the Brady Bunch Kids, which, you know, on its face is probably a, 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 maybe a good business move. But Christopher Knight, it, my good friend. And Brady Bro is tone deaf, and he hated singing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Eve, Eve Plum was really, uh, you know, she was, a, you know, a reluctant participant. And so there are varying degrees of both ability and interest. So, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to get into, uh, you know, become uh, uh, the uh, eagles. <laughs> you know, when, 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 you know, just only a few people, you know, really want to even be there in the first place. So. Yeah. What do, what do you think's been the key to your your longevity in the in the business, Barry? Well, reruns have not hurt. To tell you, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, each of our shows, each episode has has been on the air more than a hundred thousand times, more than most most uh, most songs get airplay. Um, wow! And that's that has been from the very beginning. We were on the air. We went into syndication before the show ended and from that time in 1973 Brady Bunch has never been off the air so it's on somewhere uh, here in uh, you know here in the states we're on cozy TV we're on me TV we're uh, we you know we were on uh, uh, so so many different uh, Turner and so somewhere it's always been on that's a lot of reinforcement and with one character. And, uh, you know, now when, I, when I'm doing shows, you know, I'm seeing three generations of audiences in, uh, in the house. And that's, uh, it's, it's a very warm and rewarding feeling, uh, you know, to have kids, you know, that, you know, I can make Brady references like with the, the Tiki I was showing. 
uh, or Tiger the dog or don't play ball in the house or, you know, Marsha, 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 or my nose, my nose. <laughs> and, and people know them, you know, and people know the references. So it's very cool. And it helps me with Cameo too. Um, are you familiar with Cameo? Yeah, I, yeah, do, yeah. I do quite a bit of that. And, you know, people want to want me to help them wish somebody uh, far out in an out of sight happy birthday or anniversary or, uh, you know, special occasion. And so, uh, you know, I play and have fun with that with everybody and it works out pretty well. Speaking of having fun, uh, the famed uh, boxing match between yourself and Danny Bonaducci, uh, what, what are your memories of, of that? Horrible. All of it. Horrible. You'll never see me in a boxing match again. Uh, I, I did this celebrity boxing match with uh, Danny Bonaducci, who I thought was a very small and overweight and pudgy kind of Danny Partridge. And it turns out, and I didn't know that he's, uh, you know, a three-time black belt uh, karate champion. And he's a, he's a uh, practiced uh, and experienced boxer, trained boxer. And uh, I got in the ring with him and, and, you know, that's for real, you know, we have soft pads and everything, but you know, he knocked, he knocked me silly. He yeah. knocked me down twice. Yeah, I'm glad I got <laughs> I got out of it. So I'm, I won't be doing that anytime soon. Oh, yeah. um, we are friends now, by the way, and uh, have done a movie together, a, a movie called Bigfoot, yep. uh, a sci-fi picture. And um, they called me uh, the the sci this um, the company that did the, this thing, and they said, uh, you know, you want to do it? It's Bigfoot, and it's going to be, you know, he'll be Bigfoot. And I said. Uh, who's in it? And he said, Danny Bonaducci, we would like him. And I said, well, if I can beat him up somewhere <laughs> in the movie, I'll do it. And I don't even need to read the script. <laughs> so, but we become friends. Uh, Danny just, uh, just, just retired yep. and uh, from a very successful career in radio. And uh, I'm going to go visit him out in Palm Springs where he moved and you know, spend a weekend with my wife and his wife. And so all's, all's good and well, but the boxing thing, no, no, yeah. no, no. So what are the, uh, what are the plans for 2024? Well, we're going to see. Uh, as I say, the Desi with the Stars is a you know is a bona fide uh, promotional machine. So I'm going to. I have a a, a whole weeks of uh, interviews set up with the, the big players, studios, networks, the uh, uh, the companies, you know, the, uh, the streamers, and uh, and take a look, see what uh, you know what it's like catching fish. You know, you see yeah. what bites. Are we more likely to see you in an acting role or in a uh, like a, a, a Barry Williams Tonight Show or a, a, a musical special? Or? I, I, I'm I'm not a comedian. I'd be, I I I think I could handle hosting chores pretty well. Um, I, I I'd love to do a series, a, a good streaming or a limited series. I, it would be a, a lot of fun with a nice through line. Um, in a in a uh, it could be either comedy if it's really funny, uh, or uh, or or dramatic. That's something that really comes down to a choice. And that finally is a place that I think I've arrived at in my career where, you know, I don't have to do anything. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm trying to choose the, uh, the quality and the people that uh, people I want to work with. And then, um, and then in something that, you know, has been well thought out, whether it's an adaptation of a novel which would be my preference because that those are generally very well thought out or original and, um, and see, that's the nice thing about having some sort of diversification, some, you know, the different genres that you can jump into and, and, uh, have fun with. Yeah. Don't know. And maybe nothing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, good luck for 2024. Thank you so much for spending some time having a chat with me. I really appreciated that. And, uh, and good health and happiness to you. And thank Tina very much for setting this up because we really appreciate it. Well, you bet. Thanks very much. And good on you. All the best, mate. You hit, you hit, hit quite a bit. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Really appreciate the time. And, uh, and good luck for 2024. Uh, happy 70th in September. Thank you very well. I tell you what I've done. I have booked myself, my wife and I, a cruise um, uh, in Europe, and that has a dance floor. So we're going to keep our dancing shoes on and get out there and cruise around and and hit the dance floor. Beautiful. Good right. luck. Good luck. Thank you very much, Barry. Take care. Thanks, Kevin. Bye bye. That's Barry Williams and the Travelers. Very impressive uh, little ensemble, that, with his wife, uh, Tina, and uh, also another uh, another guitar player and singer in there. So they're a good little band. I wonder if he's still wearing the coloured jumpsuits like the Brady Bunch used to. Oh, jeez, they used to dress them badly. They were shocking, weren't they? <laughs> they were bad. <laughs> they did dress them badly. Uh, none worse than Robert Reed, the father in it. Didn't he get oh. to, didn't he have the he was Harry Highpants if ever there was Harry Highpants. Oh boy. He was Those, But they made more money out of the Brady Bunch variety specials than they did out of the show. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Wow. All right, let's get to our uh, flashback guest. We're going to go back to January of 2021, series 2, episode 1, and we went into the abode of the one and only Mr. Johnny Rotten. He was uh, talking about his book and talking about a whole lot of things. Uh, and also in this, you also find out a little bit, and I wasn't aware of it, 
Um, he's, he'd been a 24-7 carer for his wife for many, many years who, as I said at the start of the show, she passed away in April of last year. Uh, but uh, it gives us a little insight into, into what that meant to him in this interview too. So a bit of a different side of the man that is Johnny yeah, Rotten. A much softer side than we were aware of. Yeah, but also really funny bastard too. Oh, really funny. <laughs> so let's get to it. Here he is, Johnny Rotten. Hello? Hello, John. G'day, John. Ah! Can you see me? Yeah, we, yes, we can. Dan, they told me you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking yeah. good. Well, I suppose that must be the orange lighting. There's light bulbs here. That they're called bug lights, right, where you can see the bugs, but they can't see you. They <laughs> do wonders for your face, the texture. <laughs> <laughs> nice complexion. A shade of orange. Oh, my God, it's the Trumpism. <laughs> <laughs> it's Donald Trump, great, great best president of America ever. <laughs> how, um, how, how, are you, how are you feeling about being in America and being an American citizen right now? Well, it is what it is, you know. I mean, uh, I watched the Republicans give four years of hatred to uh, Obama and then I watched the Democrats give four years of absolute, even worse hatred to Trump. <laughs> so for me, it's politics as usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, with me trying to be the voice of reason and common sense in the middle of it all. Got the- <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the book out, and it's it's fantastic. I've, I haven't read all of it yet, but what I've seen is great. Can you tell us about the writing process, John? Yeah. Remember what happened and tell it <laughs> truthfully. It's, it's, it's basically as simple as that. Although I can't write very fast, I'll tell you. I, I've never learned to type, so I have to get some poor sod on the other end of the phone to, like, you know, freehand it down for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to work that way. I've done it that way now on several books. It's a, I'm far better at uh, 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 fast, free, free-flowing free thoughts than I am in calculating a sentence because by the time you've finished uh, with the calculation, it doesn't bear any resemblance to the truth and, and really reads just like uh, embroidery. <laughs> uh, the truth is something that a lot of people aren't, uh, aren't comfortable with. You're obviously very comfortable with it. Well, I have to be, don't I? I've got no option. Well, you, well, you could bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. And be famous and popular like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> don't see that as winning. No, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing musically at the moment? Uh, bugger all, really. I'm just waiting to be able to get over this illness, fake. Blue, China, Wong Kong, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is. <laughs> Corona. <laughs> <laughs> and once I recovered from that, well, then who knows? I mean, the book, uh, you know, the promise was, and it will be kept, that I go out on tour uh, with it. And uh, and all, all those venues sold out almost immediately, yeah. I love doing them book tours. I tell you, it's uh, it's like going to a, a new pub and meeting completely incredible people. You have great chats, and there's a repartee between audience and stage, and 
you know, and being the centre of attention, that appeals to me. <laughs> <laughs> and is the book tour coming to Australia, John? It should do. Yeah. My God, if that's my way, it will, you know, around the world in 80 days, <laughs> you know. You know, a lousy film, but something that, you know, deserves a modern update adaptation. Yeah. Now, now, tell me about the squirrel theme that goes through the uh, through the book. Um, they live in your house? Oh, they do now, buggers. <laughs> They've started to like make little nests with all the peanuts I give them. Uh, but for a while they got angry with peanuts. Uh, uh, that's why they got bored because they're... The shop had run out, so I started to leave down cashew nuts. Um, wouldn't you know these five uh, Hollywood squirrels? That's all they wanted. And they come up and you know, they lean on me going, <laughs> It's funny how you can make friends with animals. Like, so long as you don't try to pet them, they'll introduce that concept to you, you know? Uh. That's how I've always found it. All you've got to do, really, is uh, be sedentary for a, a few hours a day. I tell you, it's better than what's on TV. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you um, you have an affinity with animals, don't you? I mean, you've you've done some you've done some wildlife special type things. You've swum with sharks and all those sorts of things. Yeah, and gorillas. I did a thing on, on gorillas in in, uh, in Africa. In many many different things, and I, and uh, I learned that animals seem to really like me. I, I, I never ever thought that was possible or, or paid any interest in, in it. You know, I, I could be psychic too, but I'm really bored with all those ghost programs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where do you go with it? I'm not, I'm not going to, like, you know, try and be the new David Attenborough because uh, I don't think anyone should replace that gentleman. Well, up until he told the fib about uh, something going on and uh, uh, like in the Arctic or the Antarctic. I can't remember the story, but, you know, you don't need to face the storyline with wild animals. Just see the camera run. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the incident now, but I know, I know it poisoned my mind on him. Ugh. And so that, you know, from, from a bit of a hero worship site to, uh, oh, you bastard, you told the lie. <laughs> <laughs> Are you writing songs at the moment? Is this a productive time for you in the song? Yeah, I'm writing. I'm writing all the time. It went in between, like, uh, 24-7, like, uh, super carer. So it's very difficult. We can't get any help in. I don't really want any help in. I'd rather help my wife uh, uh, properly myself. And, and she, she has great trust, and uh, we have a, a very long-term relationship and friendship. And whatever makes her feel safer for now is the way it will be. Um, when I go out touring at the end of this this year, August sometime, um, I think by then nurses will be essential. Okay. It will be, be a definite because the, the, um, the mental incapacity is, is becoming overwhelming, yeah. you know. It, it, it uh, takes on leaps and bounds very quickly. and it, it quite upsets me, but she still remembers me, and that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the toilet side. I mean, I've just bought a Japanese Toilet, you know, oh, Paddy wipes a lot, <laughs> but it fright it frightens her, you know. So it, it's like uh, back to stage one, and sad thing to see a brain slowly being eaten alive. 
again, the memory loss issues with it. I mean, these are all things I went through at meningitis. So yep. I have a great sense of empathy for that. And so I can, I can relate to, I can see the fear in her eyes. And I know when I was seven and eight, I had that exact same feeling, that, that panic. And uh, it's just nice that we're together and go through it together. Yeah. You know? Wonderful stuff, really. It's, it's, this is what life throws at you, curveballs all the time. Sink or swim. Exactly. Yeah. I haven't tried to press you yet. No. I'm working so hard there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, your book's fairly philosophical, I found, and um, I really like some of your exp- – um, some of you. Wow, a word I could barely pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm struggling with it as well. But I loved this one. Still. If you didn't do it first, then don't do it. I thought that was great. Well, that's kind of, if that be philosophy, it's just it's guidelines and principles. I, I don't need to be copying anybody. Yeah. Uh, and I think all the endurance course that I've called my life is, uh, is good enough for me. I really don't want to be sounding, doing, playing, thinking, or imitating any other human being. I admire all their works, but I also admire the concept of what this head can come up with all on its own. Yeah. yeah, you know, absolutely. and then that's the that's the that's the thing, really, and specifically with Phil, is, is to get get that that attitude across to people that yes, you too can do this in a completely original way, all all of, on your own. Individuality is nothing to be fearful of. Yeah, and you know, hello, all of us got bullied at school, and thank God too, it's made me the better person. <laughs> you know, I can spot a bullet. A mile away now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the cycle of life. It's a, again, it's looking at nature. I watch me loving squirrels playing away at ever. Man, they'll tear each other to pieces over one peanut. <laughs> they get the chance, you know. Don't, don't, don't try to introduce pacifism to, to, to a hungry squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not going to work. Some of us are just plain greedy and selfish and Spiteful, and others of us are not. But don't try to make us all the same. The thing that makes the human race so wonderful to me is its variances. Yeah. yeah. I'm not for one big mass shopping mall of, oh, socialist clothing. <laughs> <laughs>
There it is. God save the Queen, the Sex Pistols. We mean it, man. <laughs> as I, you said, when, as you always say, uh, they came along when rock and roll needed to kick up the bum. Yeah, needed a good rock and roll needed a good kick in the balls, and it got it off the foot of a punk. Yep. And I love that song. It's like, you know, we mean it, man. It's so s- stupid, but it's great. Yep. God save the Queen. We mean it, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the attitude with which that said is just brilliant. Yeah, uh, no, he's a, he's a, a very colourful character, and there's a, that's only a little. That's ten minutes out of about thirty minutes we spent with him. So, if you want to go back uh, where you find your podcast series two episode one, you'll find uh, John Lydon in his entirety, uh, and we'll uh, do another little flashback next time. Uh, I want to mention some of the people we've got coming up on this show, and we're going to finish with uh, with a, a very good friend of yours, uh, one of your. Uh, I guess postcode mates up there on the Gold Coast. Um, yep. But I want to say, coming up in in shows soon, Graham Nash is about to tour this country. Had a chat with him. John Stevens from Noiseworks uh, and uh, In Excess, and uh, and you know Jesus Christ Superstar, and so many things that John's done. Um, Tommy James from Tommy James and the Shondells, Little Paddy and Huey Lewis, all coming up in uh, future episodes of uh, of Life of Brian. So we look forward to wow. that. Wow. It's a star-studded, packed 2024. It is, and uh, we thought uh, we'd play, uh, he's got a new song out, your mate Brian Cadd. Yeah, and since this is our special Olympics edition of Life of Brian, we thought it would be appropriate <laughs> to play it. Is, is it really? Are we refurbishing? Well, I, I, I figured we might just, because everybody's going to have a special Olympics edition. Oh, of course. So we'll get in first. This is our special Olympics edition, so we're playing Brian Cadd's new single. Yep, Dream Train is the album. It's out on the 5th of uh, April. You might even run into him at the Fringe Festival in Adelaide because he's doing a lot of gigs between, oh, okay. Yeah, between now and uh, sort of the middle of uh, next month. So uh, he's on the road and uh, he's promoting Dream Train and this new single, which is a beauty, uh, called You Know What To Say. So we're going to finish the show with that. And uh, he actually dropped into the Food Bite studio and had a chat to Sarah and I about the single. So we'll uh, we'll play his little uh, explanation of the single as well. But once again, thanks to our good friends at Murcotts. Don't forget, if you want to be a better driver, give them a call, will you? One three hundred triple five five seven six. One three hundred triple five five seven six. You know what, Kev? Mm-hmm. I hope that you've got the wrong sound bite from Food Bites. So here's Caddy talking about his new song, and he says. <laughs> Well, when I boil an egg, I like to put the water in cold and he's giving you some recipe instead of it talking about his song. That'd be good. Uh, he's quite good in the kitchen, the old caddy, from what uh, what we gathered. Uh, and well, you're... I've seen his tummy. He looks like he's all right. <laughs> he just he's not like going to starve to death. No, he's, he's got the big floral shirt on, uh, which abs- they all seem to do. Absolutely. All right, Brian, until next time, uh, take care, look after yourself. We'll finish by talking to Brian Cat, and then we'll play his uh, song. So uh, until the next time, adieu, Mr Rockstar. Uh, Thank you, Kev, and uh, everybody listening, enjoy Brian Cadd's recipe. Hey, mate, the new single, you know what what to say. When did you write that? That one was written a few years ago. See, that's the thing. I've been writing country songs since, you know, the 70s, 60s, really. And so every now and again I'd be involved with somebody who was a great country writer. I lived in Nashville for about five years, and and I think I wrote it about that period. Uh, in its original form, and so when the album came about, I, you know, had a bit of a rearrange and changed a few bits and pieces. Uh, but essentially, the idea is is quite a few years old, and I don't think that that matters at all. I don't think you necessarily need to record things that you wrote yesterday afternoon. You know, a good song is a good song, and sometimes 
Yeah, I have a good song draw. Oh. <laughs> Every writer does. Uh, like you have a good good recipe draw. Yep. Well, I'm a good song drawer, and I put them in there, and I go, you know, that it's not your time. It'll be your time, and when you, I'll truck you out like a new child, <laughs> and uh, you'll have your moment. And when we started to talk about doing the album as a country album, there was a lot of people in the drawer, a lot of songs in the drawer that went, pick me, pick me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that was one that when we finished it, because I think it just has that, it's just very commercial, but it also has a sort of a lilting sing-along chorus that people just started singing even in the studio. So we thought, well, we'll give that a go if we're single. But it's it's doing well. People are really liking it, and I've no, got a lot good. of good reviews. That's so that's good. lovely. 